Welcome to another episode of the Part-Time REI Podcast with hosts Eric Hitzelberger and Brian Snyder, creators of the Lunchtime Profit System and the Part-Time REI blog. If you are looking to learn how to take control of your financial future by investing in real estate in your spare time, this is your premier source of information. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Part-Time REI Podcast. This is Eric Hitzelberger. I'm here with Brian Snyder, and thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got a very special podcast today. It's probably the most important podcast that we've done so far. And, and quite frankly, it may be the most important one that we do um, overall. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, during our last podcast, we talked about uh, how we talked about your team and how important your team was to helping you achieve your goals, the three levels of team members that you will have, and how your level one team members that include your agent, your contractor, and your mentor will be critical to your success. Over the next few episodes, we'll discuss each of these members um, in detail, including how to find them and how to manage them. Before we get there, though, we need to talk to you about the most important member of the team. This is the person who will ultimately decide whether you succeed or fail. And this person, of course, is you, the investor. Today, we're going to discuss the four of the most common reasons that people fail and the simple steps that you can take to improve your odds of success. Those four reasons are not having clear goals, not knowing your why, not thinking like an investor, and not having discipline. Now, if you were just looking to you know, flip houses as a hobby, then you can skip this episode and tune in next week where we talk about agents and contractors. But if you're looking to take control of your financial future, if you want to use real estate as the vehicle to help secure your retirement, to provide opportunities for your children that you, that you didn't have, or to simply enjoy life um, in a way that you wouldn't get to do otherwise, then you need to make sure that you have these four things complete, even if it means taking a step back from where you are right now. When I started out, you know, I honestly, I started this as a hobby. I got into um, flipping homes because it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I got hooked watching TV shows like, like many people back in uh, 2006, 2007 time frame. And, and really, I didn't do any of those four things. I didn't have goals. I didn't know why I was doing it other than it was just something I wanted to do. And, and I hoped to make a bunch of money. Um, and I, I really didn't think about it like an investor. I, I tried to do everything myself. I was I was paying myself, you know, effectively $10 an hour to paint and to, to change electrical outlets and to sand a floor and, and all the things that, that, that you really shouldn't do if you want to have a business. And I didn't have discipline. I mean, I, I was in the middle of my rehab. I was the, you know, contractor and, and the worker all rolled into one. And, you know, I went on vacation. I, I did other things, you know, went and hung out with friends, hung out with my family. I didn't work on the house, and as a result, it took me longer, way longer than it ever should have. Um, but eventually, you know, I, I stopped thinking of this as a hobby after my, after probably my third house, to be honest, and started recognizing it for for what it could be and and the difference that it could make in the in my life and the life of my you know children and potentially even their children. And from that point, you know, I, I really focused on operating as a business and, and taking care of these four items. So that's a little bit of my story. Uh, we're going to talk about goals next, and, and I'll get Brian to share his some of his goals with you so you can kind of see, you know, what, what yours should look like and, and how you can start to think about this a little bit differently. So, Brian, talk about why you're in or, you know, what your goals are. Sure. 
Uh, well, thanks, Eric. Uh, you know, I have a lot of goals, and they they evolve over time. But really, if we're just talking at a high level here, I really have three high level goals, and one of them applies to the immediate time frame of my life right now. The second one applies to you know a future state, a later point in life, a, a desired state that I want to get to. And then the third one is more of a, of a mindset or a business goal of how I will get both of those, the short term and the long term. So the first one the, in the immediate time frame is quite simply to flip houses such that I can generate enough income from flipping houses to support the lifestyle that I want, which is spending time with my family instead of working a 50 hour a week job, you know, and barely getting home in time for dinner. Right, so fundamentally, flipping houses is a fantastic way to to get a huge return on your investment of time. You know, the amount of time that that I put into flipping houses returns to me a far greater uh, income than any corporate salary could ever do, and that that's even the very good ones. Um, you know, some of the highest corporate salaries come at the expense of. 50 or 60 or, you know, God forbid, even more than that, hours per week away from your family. So simply my goal is to generate those types of income, but to do it in a condensed amount of time so that I can still enjoy these uh, early years while my kids are young uh, and not uh, not work all of that time away and, and wake up one day and realize they're grown and out of the house, right? That's, that's the first goal. The second goal is uh, more future focused, which is I want a mechanism to fund my retirement comfortably. I want to live comfortably in retirement. And frankly, I just don't feel like I can rely on the stock market and 401ks to do that for me. So the income that I can generate uh, from flipping houses now will enable me to purchase uh, income producing properties for more passive income. So whether it be rental properties or get into some other form of passive uh, real estate investing, flipping is the mechanism by which I can acquire those assets now so that they will uh, fund that retirement for me later. And thirdly, um, my goal is to systematize my flipping business so that both of those first two goals I mentioned can be achieved um, by removing myself. Ultimately, I want to be able to remove myself from my my real estate business, and it continue to uh, to churn as a, a well oiled machine and do that without me. So I'm constantly focused on building systems, um, building standard ways to work, leveraging other people's time and effort so that I can achieve those goals and scale those goals and not have to do that by myself. All right, Brian, those are those are great goals. Um, and if you're listening there at home or, or in your car or wherever you are. You know, when you, when you start to think about your goals, um, be very specific about it. Um, one of my goals, um, kind of like Brian's, is that I want to have a very specific amount of passive income every month. Um, and, and by passive, I, I do truly mean that I have no involvement in, in that income. Um, so, you know, and, and the way I intend to achieve that is to have a very specific number of houses that earn that income and have those managed by someone else. So that was part of the reason that I flip homes now is because I need to acquire enough cash to buy those passive income properties that I will own and that will fund my retirement. But I know how many houses I need. I know what that income needs to be um, or you know whether, 
what I want it to be, whether it needs to be that or not, it's a, you know, a different discussion, but what I want that income to be. And so those numbers are, are always there um, in front of me and, and they're written down and they're documented and, and you should write down your goals as well. But you know, here's the thing, um, your goals uh, largely are often monetary goals or you know, some sort of achievement that you want to, to do. Um, but there is, there, there has to be more to it than, than just uh, a monetary goal. You know, the truth about real estate investing that, that other people tend to gloss over or, or not tell you is that it can be hard, it can be challenging, um, and it can be very difficult. And we want you to know that before you get into it, um, you can absolutely achieve financial freedom through real estate. In, in fact, for almost everyone, it is the single best way to do so. But there are days when you're just not going to enjoy it, when contractors call with problems, when buyers or sellers are difficult to work with, um, when little things go wrong, it can be stressful. Um, now, these, these things you have to remember are, are relatively minor in, in the um, scope of the entire project or the scope of what you're trying to do. But during that, those, those few days or weeks, it, again, it, it can be very stressful. And when those things occur, you need to not just be thinking about the money, but you need to know why you're doing this, right? There, there's much more to life than money and um, it's the whys that will get you up in the morning and the whys that will, that will make you go resolve those problems and take on the tough challenge and ultimately be successful. So, you know, again, Brian, do you want to share some of your whys as to why you have the goals you are and why you've chosen real estate to, to sure. uh, help you get there? Sure. I mean, <clears throat> the whys are, are very related to the goals, but they're definitely several layers deeper than that, right? They, they get at really the core of what I desire out of life. But my biggest whys are all related to time and more specifically time with my family. You know, I have a wife and four children. Uh, my children range in age from uh, a teenager at 13 years old all the way down to an infant at five months old. And so um, if I'm being transparent and, and just, uh, you know, being totally honest here, my 13-year-old child, a, a lot of those 13 years, um, I haven't got to spend a lot of time with her because working a 50 or 60-hour-a-week corporate job and uh, trying to build a business, uh, life just gets in the way. And then second kid comes and third kid comes and mortgages and car payments and things like that. So I look back and 13 years have just flashed by and I realize, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have this chance again three more times, you know, just to just to spend time with my kids early in life and then also um, be able to spend time with them before they are uh, grown and out of the house, right? You know, at some point in time, it's logical to think we could all get to spend time with our kids, but I don't want them to be, you know, in their 30s raising kids of their own before they ever get a chance to do that with me. So my whys are I want to accelerate uh, the income curve for me so that I can generate the, the income needed. You know, I talked about my goal being to, to live the lifestyle that I want without working so many hours, but I want to get there quicker so that I can enjoy those at the right phase in my life. Um, I certainly don't want to be working 50 hours a week until I'm too old to enjoy them. So uh, all of my whys are centered around 
uh, spending time with my family, building relationships with my wife and my kids, and creating memories, memories that will last and that they can pass on to their kids, but also being able to do this in a way that that you don't feel financially strapped or financially irresponsible. You know, we want to be financially comfortable while doing these things. And so those are those are the whys that drive me to get up every day and do what I do. Those are all great reasons. Um, you know, children are generally one of our most important reasons to do anything. And my case is, is similar. Um, in you know, Brian certainly knows this, but most of the listeners don't. I have two special needs children, um, and, and that was that's a bit more of a challenge uh, for me. You know, so helping them, we all want our kids to reach their maximum potential. Um, for me, though, helping them reach that potential is beyond what I can provide. Um, and beyond what my wife can provide. Uh, so we need help. Um, and, and the medical help that we need and the therapists that we need and the, the specialists that we need, you know, those are all expensive items. Or, you know, and and they are, they're special skilled people. And, you know, they, they provide great value to my children. Um, but, but it comes at a cost. And so part of my why is making sure that I don't look back in five years or 10 years or 20 years and say that, you know, I wish I could have done this for them or I wish their life would have turned out better when, when whatever that, that item is that, I, that I'm thinking about was just a money thing. You know, we can never see the future. You can never see how your kids are going to turn out or what potential they're going to have. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to be the limiting factor. And so certainly spending time with them, like you said, Brian, you know, but also making sure that they have those resources. That, that is a lot of the why um, that, that I think about whenever things get tough. So, um, you know, I, I can't stress enough how important these two items are, how important goals are, and how important your whys are. We can show you systems and teach you how to do everything that we do in a relatively short period of time. But if you would... Um, you know, but if, if you don't have goals and you don't have whys, it's going to be completely meaningless because sometime it's going to get hard and you're just going to say, ah, I'll go do something else. Um, and you're going to, you know, step away from the one path that could get you to financial future, to financial freedom because you didn't know why you were doing it or you don't, you don't have goals uh, that you can achieve. So um, if you take nothing else from this podcast, I, I certainly hope that you take some time, write down some goals, write down why you're getting into real estate investing, and think through that process. Moving on, you know, the, the third item uh, that I mentioned earlier to um, becoming successful at, at flipping houses or, or real estate investing in general is learning to think like an investor. There's really two types of people out there. Um, those that have uh, what I'm going to call and what others have called a poverty mindset and those that have an investor mindset. Those with an, a poverty mindset, they just say, I can't. They look at, look at real estate investing or any investing for that matter, and they say, I don't know how, I don't have money, I don't have time, blah, 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 blah. And they make excuses. And because of that, they never take any action. They never do anything to better their lives, to better the lives of their children. And, and you know, oftentimes they just whine and moan about the condition that they're in. Investors look at a situation and they say, how do I do that? How do I find that money? How do I find the time? How do I find the education? Um, 
And, and so, you know, that is the difference between those two types of people. I certainly hope, you know, that you're listening to this podcast because you're in the second group. But even if you are in that second group, you know, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of pitfalls that, that can occur that get you off track. Um, and, you know, you'll run into them and, and you'll start to think about, you'll, you'll get that scarcity mindset or that poverty mindset. Um, Brian's going to detail a few of them for you so you can recognize them when you see them and run into them. Yeah, sure. I mean, there there are probably dozens or even hundreds of these pitfalls, right? And as soon as you said that, a bunch of them started coming to my mind on stuff that, that has uh, challenged me over the years. But, you know, we let's, the best way to learn these is probably by example, right? So let's just kick out a few examples. There are certainly, um, you know, unlimited number of pitfalls that you can fall into. But, you know, one example might be if we're talking about uh, buying houses to rehab and flip is, um, you just don't write a contract or you don't make an offer on a house because, you know, the seller may not accept it or um, because you're, you're embarrassed at how low the offer would be because, you know, your, your deal analysis and your math tells you that you can only offer X amount for the house and, and it'd be profitable for you. You make a good profit and that just feels like an amount that's too low. So it, it's embarrassing or, you know, you're afraid the seller is going to say no or get upset with you. And, and that's thinking about it from a poverty mindset. To think about it as an investor, you, your analysis tells you what you can pay for the house. So you make the offer and you, you let the seller have a chance to tell you no. Don't tell yourself no before you give the seller a chance. You may be amazed at how many sellers will tell you yes. Um, certainly a way to guarantee that you will never make any money in real estate investing is if you don't make an offer. So if you're concerned about uh, the seller's not going to accept it and you just don't make it, well, you're guaranteed to fail and, and you're thinking in a poverty mindset. Investors make offers and they understand that real estate is a numbers game. And so I might make five or ten offers before a single one gets accepted, but thinking like an investor... That's a, a factor that I consider in my analysis, and I, I just make it part of my business model. Another example, and this would be one that I see the most, especially in, in new people that I meet, is not spending time and money on your education because you think you can do it yourself, or, or maybe you know you can do it yourself. Maybe you have the skills to uh, fix up a house, or you think you have the skills to get from A to Z uh, in this process without any help or without paying or spending time on education. And that is just, uh, that's a hard one to get over. That's an easy pitfall to fall into because we're all driven to want to solve our own problems and we're all driven to want to do things ourselves. But if you think about it like an investor, you'll completely change your mindset. You'll place a value on your time. And when you place a value on your time, you'll inevitably uh, want to pay for that education to accelerate your learning. So think about it this way. Real estate's been around for a really long time. In fact, uh, investing in real estate as a way of building wealth is one of the oldest and, and most proven successful ways to build wealth. So, you know, while things do evolve as the market dynamics change and, and the regulatory environments change, in general, real estate investing it doesn't change that much. So you certainly can go figure out how to do this on your own. You definitely can uh, spend the time, read the necessary books, do whatever it takes to figure all this out on your own. But make no mistake, 
that that is a costly way to go about it. The time and effort um, that you will spend learning this on your own and the mistakes you will make along the way will cost you something, and they will cost you money. Um, so you certainly can do it, but you will make mistakes. And, and why would you want to make the same mistakes that other people have already made? Instead, figure out what those mistakes were, have them teach you not how to make them again, and just accelerate you know, your learning process. That's how an investor thinks about this, uh, not how the poverty mindset would think about it. That's an excellent final point there, Brian. I mean, I wish, if I have any regrets in my career and, and in my real estate investing career, it is that I didn't seek out mentors and didn't seek out people to help me earlier. The amount of money that I spent doing things that I could have avoided it was is absolutely phenomenal, way more than I have ever spent on a course or a class or, or, you know, working with a mentor. So now you have your goals, you know your whys, and you've started to think like an investor. You now have the potential to succeed. But we need to convert that potential, that potential energy into kinetic energy, into action. And it takes discipline to, to do that. Without discipline, you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to go to work, or you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to do other things that, that come up that are urgent but not important. Or you're going to sleep in in the morning, you know, quite honestly. Um, that's actually something I enjoy, but, you know, I don't get to do enough of. But um, discipline is going to be what actually separates you from everybody else who's trying to be an investor. Um, you're going to need the discipline to look at your property list every day, to write offers every day or every other day, to do mailings if you're going to be a wholesaler, to talk to contractors, to talk to agents, to network so that you have a constant source of leads coming into your business. Um, that's what discipline will get for you. It will convert, like I said, the potential into action and start to generate money for you. You know, But there's challenges to it. Like I said, sleeping in is one of them. Brian, you, know, you probably have some ideas on what some other challenges are going to be. Well, certainly the, the biggest challenge to discipline is that there's only so many hours in the day, right? I mean, we, we're all busy. We have things like work and kids and sports and school and health challenges, whatever. You know, life just gets in the way, right? Everyone's busy. So when we get too much on our plate, that really requires discipline to maintain our priorities. You can certainly start to get discouraged um, as you have too many things to do and, and you're juggling these priorities. So uh, discipline helps with that. You know, rejection is probably one of the strongest oppositions to discipline, right? When things get hard, it all of a sudden becomes easier to quit. You know, discipline's easy to have when everything's going your way and you're successful and you're, you're flipping houses and making twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of profit. Uh, but as soon as something gets hard, uh, all of a sudden you start to question yourself and, and uh, you get plagued with this, uh, you know, desire to quit or this fear, right? Uh, when we fail at something, we get very discouraged, and, and our discipline really comes under attack. So um, we have to constantly maintain the right mindset and realize that failure will occur, and uh, failure is nothing more than a, than a great learning experience, one that can't really be substituted by anything, frankly. Um, you know, I remember a recent story, actually, in my business where, you know, recently I, I uh, picked up a property at a foreclosure auction and I had that property rehabbed and got it on the market, had it under contract with a buyer 
and it was right about one week before closing. It rained really hard here, and uh, the basement flooded. And oh, oh, by the way, this is a basement that I had just had refinished uh, with all fresh carpet, drywall, paint, and obviously uh, the flooding uh, ruined all that, right? And so I not only had to pay to redo all that, but also had to pay to have the basement waterproofed, which is not a, a cheap process. It's a somewhat expensive process. So, you know, while I still made money on that deal, I certainly didn't make nearly as much as I had intended when I first analyzed the deal, and maybe not even enough to make it worth my time that I had dedicated to that. So, um, look, if I had lacked discipline, I would have been very discouraged and decided maybe I just need to quit there. But by thinking like an investor, I understand that these things happen and this is just another form of paying for education. And as long as I apply this learning to the future, as long as I refine my, my, my business and refine my systems and find a way to detect a risk like that, then I've, uh, I've applied that learning in the future and I've essentially paid for that as education. So the point is this, discipline requires you to constantly remember what your why is. Why am I doing this? Because that's the only way you'll stay focused and persevere through those things, um, especially when you're challenged. All right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, that's an excellent point, and thanks for sharing that story. I know, I know it's particularly painful, but hopefully people will learn from it and, and recognize that um, you know, struggles and rejection are not reasons to quit. You know, it's just an opportunity to learn and to move on, and you need that discipline to, to keep moving forward. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the best ways to have discipline is to, to write down your goals. Write down your, your long-term goals, write down your weekly goals, write down your daily goals. What am I going to learn this week? How many deals am I going to do? How many uh, people am I going to meet that will help me with my business? How many deals am I going to analyze? How many um, offers am I going to make? You know, the, you, that was another great point you made. If you don't make offers, you're, you're not going to do any business. So um, my challenge to, to those of you who are listening is to take have the discipline to sit down write down your goals and write down your why's it'll take you an hour maybe two to do it if you haven't if you've never done it before but think about your high level goals and think about your why's um, and then send them into us send them into support at part-timerei.com uh, we'd love to see them we'll comment on them um, if you'd like and send you some suggestions back um, but but again we'd love to see them and it, it's a great exercise for you so today we've talked about the four reasons that people fail. You know, not having clear goals, not knowing why you're, you're investing, not thinking like an investor, and a, generally a lack of discipline. And we've hopefully shared with you some stories um, and some ways that you can overcome those four problems um, and, and be successful with your real estate investing and achieve uh, the lifestyle that you want to achieve or so secure that retirement or, you know, as we talked about several times, the thing that's important to Brian and I both is to, you know, secure a life for your children that, that's better than the one that you had and, and give them opportunities that you didn't have. And all of that can be done. You know, next week we're going to talk about um, how to find an agent and how that he or she, you know, will help you achieve the goals you laid out. And, and once again, getting back to goals... You know, this is just another reason that you need them. No one can help you achieve goals that you don't have. Um, but if you have them documented, 
then your agent and your contractor and your mentor who we're going to get to in a few weeks, um, they can certainly work very hard to make sure that you, you do um, get the success out of real estate investing that you, you know, that you want. Tune in next week and thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Part-Time REI Podcast, your premier source for investing in real estate in your spare time. Check out our blog at parttimerei.com. That's P-A-R-T hyphen T-I-M-E-R-E-I dot com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for exclusive tips on achieving success through real estate investing. If you would like a free copy of our property repair estimate checklist, go to parttimerei.com.